Hello and welcome to another episode of This Week in Goldmaking, presented by Darkshore Capital. My name is Andrew, and today is the 24th of May, 2021. We're going to get started, as we always do, with the weekly stand-up. For those of you that don't know, the first thing I always like to do in these presentations is go over what I've done over the past week, what I plan on doing during the next week, and just bring up anything that might be getting in my way. I'd invite you to do the same, either on your own, or you can do so in the comments, or on the Twitter, or wherever, however you want to contact me, we can have a talk about it. So BOE flipping continues to go strong on the retail servers. I'm also continuing to acquire legendary materials. And then there's this little small matter of the Burning Crusade. We'll get to that a little bit more in just a moment. Uh, over the next week, pretty much going to be the same deal. Uh, BOE flipping. I'm really going to stick with my guns on this. I am very nervous about 9.1 coming out and the prices of BOEs crashing. But as I've talked about before, historically, it's been still a good thing to keep with it. So I'm going to just stick to my guns and keep with it. Keep looking for cheap stuff and keep trying to sell them. Uh, ranking up legendaries, yeah, as material costs uh, allow for it. It's basically... Whenever I can find cheap enough Alethium Ore, I'm going to be continuing to make the enchanted bars needed to level up the legendaries. And then uh, a kind of a nebulous TBC prep. Again, we'll be talking a little bit more about that later in the show. The current things kind of getting in the way of my gold making are the new hotness versus the old and the boring, which ironically is sort of backwards because the Burning Crusade is an expansion that's, what, 15-ish years old now? And that's the new hotness right now versus the uh, the Shadowlands, the big flashy new expansion is. It's difficult to hold the attention when it comes to Shadowlands at the moment. All right, so uh, some real talk around the market update. I know in the past we've had this really nice graph, um, this grid, this table of stuff that we've looked at before. And that thing takes so much time to maintain. And it's it's really not been something that's been really getting me motivated to work on. Uh, I do have some plans and some ideas about how to make that process easier. Uh, but I'm just going to be real with you guys. It's just not going to happen anytime soon. I'm not going to give up on the idea. It's going to go on the back burner. If, uh, if that's a part of the show that you really always enjoyed, please let me know because um, if there's enough demand for it, I can be convinced. But anyway, getting into it, um, I did want to talk about the token price first. So there was a lot of kind of hubbub and, and hype around the token price potentially moving around the release of the Burning Crusade Classic Edition. Uh, of course, we are just in the kind of the pre-patch stage of that at the moment. So, you know, the whole thing hasn't really dropped. But really, like, I, I got to say, I, I don't think that the U.S. being up to 157K and the EU at 230K is really that big of a deal. Like, maybe once the game itself comes out, Maybe that'll be a big a big difference, but it's slowly going up, but uh, not in such a way that I think is really monumental. Um, the variance over the past week has been like plus or minus 20,000 gold, which I don't think is really too much to really talk about as far as trying to time the market on when you should buy tokens or anything. So as always, if you need tokens for game time, buy them now. If you don't, then, well, continue on. Um, so I did want to talk about a couple specific items. Uh, first of all, we'll talk about a lithium ore. That's kind of the main, the main big, the biggest thing on my mind when it comes to retail WoW at the moment. Uh, the snapshot is from Tychondrius, the server I'm currently doing the WoW Hedge Fund 0 to 10 million gold challenge on. 
And yeah, the, the prices, the US mean prices and the median prices are pretty high up there, like 72 gold for the mean price, 61 gold for the median price. Man, that's pretty rough. Like I'm currently trying to target like 40 gold and under for my Alethium ore purchases just to keep my costs down as much as possible when it comes to the legendary crafting. But man, yeah, um, 12,000 available on that realm. And yeah, the median, it's around 51, 52 gold on Ticontras, which is a, a full population server. So that's obviously down quite a bit from the release of the expansion, but then again, materials always do drop off, especially the most expensive ones. So I don't know. We'll see if it goes any lower. I certainly hope it does because that means I can get my legendary stuff leveled up even cheaper. And then uh, as far as TBC Classic, um, still kind of getting a sense, getting my bearings when it comes to the Burning Crusade and Classic WoW. But when I think of professions and trades in classic vanilla wow i think of rune cloth so that's what i have up here um as you can see i just took a screenshot from the game because um that's what i had access to um and there's actually two new interesting fancy things down at the bottom there which you may notice uh the region sale sale rate and the region average daily sold i believe those are new we'll talk a little more about that in just a moment yeah, so 10 silver min buyout, 15 silver market value. I'm not sure what the population of the server that uh, we chose to play on is. Um, looks like it's a little bit of a higher pop since the region market value is 17 silver for rune cloth. Um, yeah, we'll get into it a little bit more in just a moment. But in general, I've noticed that trade goods on classic at the moment are a little bit undervalued. So, uh, going on to the news. Again, we'll, we'll get to the TBC stuff in just a moment, but uh, just a couple things from 9.1 that I did want to mention since you know we're still getting 9.1 news, things are developing. They announced that there's going to be a Paragon reputation for the Venari reputation. That's the, you know, the model reputation that we've had for a little while now. Um, things to note about Paragon reputations, they usually come along with some kind of interesting cosmetic reward, whether it be a mount or a pet or something. Um, yeah, so people are, you know, definitely going to be doing these. There's always going to be collectors that are looking to get, uh, get one more mount added to their collect, one more mount added to their collection. And, uh, historically they've rewarded a pretty good chunk of raw gold. So if doing the maw is something that you don't hate doing, or you have a, some other reason to do it, adding a Paragon reputation just is one more reason to, uh, help you out since it also will make you a decent chunk of gold. They announced that there's going to be a Mythic plus Keystone exchange system. Um, not a ton of ton of details on this just yet, but the two main things that it's going to allow us to do is have a little bit more selection when it comes to what dungeons we're running with our live keys. And number two, if say you take a week off uh, because you just hate Tyrannical, then uh, you can go talk to the same NPC and just get a keystone without having to run, you know, a, a random plus two or whatever just to get a keystone. So that's just a nice quality of life improvement for sure. They've announced something called the Shards of Domination, which sounds a whole lot like Azerite gear to me. And frankly, not too thrilled about that. If there's one thing that current World of Warcraft does not need any more of are just systems. There's too many systems. I don't like it. I don't think it adds much to the game. On to the Burning Crusade. So there's a couple pieces of news uh, to talk about first. So number one, 
uh, in the Burning Crusade Classic. They've announced that limited supply recipes, I don't know if it's all or just most or some, limited supply recipes will not actually be limited in the Burning Crusade and they will instead just make them bind on pickup. I think this is a good change. Um, I did make quite a bit of gold in Classic Vanilla, just noticing when a limited supply item was on a vendor while I was out leveling, buying it up, and next time I was back in town, just posting it up in the auction house for a couple gold and just making some money on the side. So I'm a little disappointed that that's not going to be an option in the Burning Crusade. However, things like the transmute recipe for Primal Might, that's a big deal. And things like that would just get camped to no end because people know that it's a highly desirable item. I think overall for the health and actual playability of the game, this is probably a good change, though I am a little bit sad about that kind of niche little interesting gold-making opportunity. There's also been an announcement from Gumdrops that they, TSM is going to be officially supporting TSM for the Burning Crusade. They also took the opportunity to announce they're, going, they're trialing uh, some new back-end technology for the application, which uh, is what is allowing those new price sources, which I referenced. I'm not actually sure if those are actually the new ones or not. Uh, there's more details about it in the post that is linked in the slides. So please go have a look. And yeah, if you're going to play Burning Crusade, make sure you down, download TradeScale Master and uh, test it out. If you're running into any issues, please do let them know uh, so that they can address them and give us the best experience possible. Those guys do a fantastic job. I've said it many times before, and I will say it many times again. Uh, we all couldn't do what we do best without TradeScale Master. And then lastly, um, some news about gold boostings. Obviously, if you've been listening recently, is something I've been following and participating in. So one of the big communities has announced that they're shutting down. It sounds like there was some internal issues. It doesn't sound like it's anything too sinister and rather just, uh, you know, as organizations go, come and go, they come and go. It is what it is. Um, yeah, just kind of an interesting thing to announce, I guess. Um, Again, I'm still sort of really developing my opinions and stances and thoughts on the overall matter, but uh, I figured I'd point it out since it's something that we're sort of keeping track of. All right, we have to talk about the Burning Crusade. First of all, it's taken my interest a lot more than I thought it was going to, which, you know, I suppose that's a good thing. There's been a, quite a bit of enthusiasm about the expansion from some of my close friend group. So we've been making a lot of plants. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool to uh, get to play the game in a kind of a fresh sense once again. I decided to create a mage, a boosted mage, because that's the thing. I think that's honestly a really great idea. It's It's been a really good experience so far. Uh, so in my experiences playing the new boosted mage on the Alliance side, I've noticed a few things. So first of all, as I alluded to earlier during the pre-patch, it seems to me like a lot of trade goods are undervalued. Now, the first thought, of course, here should be, well, if they're undervalued, I could buy them up now and hold on to them a little bit <clears throat> and uh, make a profit later down the road. You're absolutely right. You can definitely do that, and you definitely should do that. However, here's a couple things to consider. Number one, much of the deflation in price is coming from lower-level materials in, in so that, insofar as people are creating new characters, mostly Blood Elves and Draenei, of course, because uh, they want to level them up in preparation for the actual release. So, you know, they're flooding the auction house with linen cloth and coarse stone and peace bloom and yada yada this, yada yada that. Great. Okay, so that's these things do still have plenty of value in um, classic era, classic and burning crusade era World of Warcraft, because in order to level your professions, you need these low-level materials. That said, inventory space is a big deal. 
in Burton Crusade. Classic. Not only do you just have smaller bags, smaller banks, no guild banks, items and trade goods only stack up to 20. So if you are going to try to hoard a lot of materials, you need to have a strategy for it. Whether it be an army of bank tunes, which you've equipped with full slot bags and bank slots, or using the mailbox to shuffle through your items. Because you can use the mailbox as temporary storage. If you leave it in there for too long, it goes away, it disappears, so it is a risk. Uh, but it is something you can do. So, yeah, just be aware. Like, if you're going to try to take advantage of cheap materials in classic pre-patch, make sure you've got an inventory management strategy in place. As far as how to spend the time in the next two weeks, well, I guess it's about a week now, uh, before the Burning Crusade actually releases, uh, what what is there to do? Well, there's getting gear if you are doing a boosted character or leveling up. There's professions, and uh, there's making making connections. Of all these things, I think that making connections and figuring out who you're going to play with and what your strategy is going to be once you once the Dark Portal is open and you get to walk through, because Gear, that'll be replaced almost immediately. Professions, there's guides you can look up and you can always grind out money or materials to get them get them leveled up. But as far as like what you actually want to do with the game, who you're gonna play with, what are you what's your goals? Are you gonna run dungeons? Are you gonna run raids? Are you gonna PvP? All these things you're gonna need people to do and reliable people and people who are gonna to wanna to have the same shared goals as you. So for my money, I think the most effective thing you can do in the next week or so is build your connections, build your relationships within the game so that once once you hit the ground running, you don't have to worry about trying to scramble to find a guild or find a playgroup or find an arena team or whatever it is. So yeah, maybe take a step back and don't worry so much about grinding out all that PvP epic gear because you're, you're gonna re- it's going to be good to help you kill, like, what, five mobs and then you replace it? Like, I mean, come on, is it really? It, it's not that big of a deal. All right, then lastly, uh, profession-wise, what to do to maximize gold-making with professions? Well, that's something I don't really have a whole lot of insight in. From what I've heard, people talking about Burning Crusade, jewel crafting really was the bee's knees. People were apparently printing money left and right in Burning Crusade using jewel crafting. Well, everyone knows that now, so there's probably going to be a lot of people doing it. That said, I mean, you could probably still make money doing it. I don't know. I don't know. For my money, I think like picking professions that complement your class and what you're going to be doing in the game is probably just your best bet. You can always make money doing whatever it is you've chosen, whether it's gathering, enchanting, some kind of crafting. There's always money to be made as long as you're willing to do it. And unless your your main goal is to make money, uh, you should just do something that complements your character and then use it as a supplementary thing to, to help you make more gold. Um, that said, if you are planning on making gold making your main pursuit in the Burning Crusade, you probably know the answer to this already and you have, probably have a strategy in place. So, more power to you. I'm pretty excited about Burning Crusade. It's going to be a lot of fun. Alright, not too many uh, changes on the Bullish and Bearish slide this week. Uh, the only thing I did add was the uh, <laughs> human resources over on the left side of things, just because it's kind of a... Uh, eh, call it clickbait? I don't know. It because you know you, you can't really be you can't really invest actual gold in your people well maybe you can really 
<laughs> we were talking about boosting communities earlier on, so so maybe there's actually some logic to that there. But no, uh, the point just simply being to reinforce the idea that the relationships you build in the game, which is group-oriented, are going to be the most valuable for you over time. You can always make money with materials or whatever and, and gathering and crafting and stuff, but the, the relationships, those are invaluable. All right, we've got a couple questions for the presentation here today. We're just going to go and jump into them. Number one, should I cancel my auctions if somebody else posts at the same price? It's a good question. Uh, cancel scanning is kind of a, a popular topic of debate in the gold making community as of late. And uh, yeah, if you have the time to sit there and babysit your auctions and make sure that you are always the first one to be bought, whether it's the cheapest or the most recently posted uh, with the Blizzard's new auction house rules, yeah, that can, that can help you make more sales. However, you also have to consider a few other things. Number one, what are you selling? Are you selling transmog? Are you selling materials? Are you sell, what, is it, what is it you're selling? If you're selling transmog, the quality of life benefits of not sitting there and canceling your auctions are probably going to vastly outweigh any potential sales that you're going to make. Transmog is a very slow-moving market in the first place, so you're probably not actually increasing your likelihood of selling anything simply by canceling things. Maybe every now and again you'll get lucky. Who knows? But I don't think it's a it's a good long-term strategy. Uh, current content materials. Well, if you are trying to sell a bunch of materials, how about this instead? Instead of posting up everything all at once, come up with a tactic where you post a certain amount of your profession materials all at once. So let's say you, you post a third of your, your overall stock all at once. Now, that way, you can check the auction house three times throughout the day and... If somebody's undercut you, instead of canceling your items, just post the, the other items that you have in your inventory and then do it again and then do it again. And in this way, you kind of get around the issues of having to do cancel scans and run back and forth to the mailbox and deal with, you know, deposits here and there and everywhere. For me, for my money and for my time, that strategy is what jives the best with me. I like kind of like splitting things up and not throwing everything out there all at once all the time. It just works well for my head. I would encourage you to give it a shot if it's not something you've tried before. Second question. Does anyone know what the best second legendary slot is going to be? All right, so a couple things with this question. Number one, uh, this person is referencing the fact that uh, we are inevitably going to get a second legendary for our characters in Shadowlands at some point during the expansion. When, we don't know. It'll happen sometime. The second part of the question is this person is trying to figure out what should they rank up with their legendary crafting because they want to know uh, what's everyone going to want to buy. The answer to this, of course, is very complicated because it depends on a lot of things. What's your class? What's your legendary? Because each class and legendary slot and legendary, well, legendary power and class all have different combinations of things. But... If you're a frequent listener of the show, you will know that we talked about before how you can use the resources at your disposal to figure out what are perhaps the most popular slots for a particular armor type. Um, I like the website subcreation uh, in order to see just a statistical breakdown of uh, legendary power usage across uh, high-level PvE content for both Mythic Plus and rating. You can very quickly see what's the most popular power and then extrapolate from that information for any class and spec what the most popular uh, legendary gear slot for that power is. 
Um, this is something we'll probably go a little bit more in depth with at some point. I have actually created a little bit of a spreadsheet for plate uh, to figure out which one uh, was the best. I, I'll just give it to you now. I determined that the plate waste is the most effective in the current iteration of uh, endgame content in Shadowlands. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely plenty of others that are great as well. Um, ultimately, you know, you should get them all because there's going to be people that need going to need legendaries in all the different slots, especially going forward with 9.1, introducing more and more legendary powers. There's going to be kind of a more of an evening out of things across the board, just statistically speaking, unless for some reason Blizzard decided that like, all right, we're just going to make everything all about the headpieces for some reason. But that, that seems pretty unlikely. And with that, we're going to call it good for this week. I want to thank everyone for watching, for listening. Uh, again, my name is Andrew, here for Darkshore Capital. If you have any questions about the presentation or gold making in general, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can leave a comment on the YouTube video. You can leave a message for me on Twitter, at DarkshoreCap on Twitter. You can also send me an email, darkshorecapital at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for watching. I really hope you all have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful time gold making, and we'll see some of you in Outland. Until next time, have a wonderful week.